Welcome, dumbheads, to MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. In this final leg of Season 5, I'm reading my way through every single goddamn page in The Revenge of Kang, the final module in the Time Warp Adventure series for TSR's Marvel Super Heroes role-playing game. And as I do, I'm identifying the dumbest thing on each page. Every episode is one page, every episode is short. The Revenge of Kang was written by Ray Winninger and was published in 1990. Today we're discussing page 11 of The Revenge of Kang. We remain in the friendly NPCs section. On this page, we finish with the Fantastic Four. We move on to Spider-Man. We move on to Daredevil. Of the three characters on this page, all of them have an issue that I want to talk about. But more importantly, I feel like the evidence is here. The evidence is strong. Today's the day that I can I can make the case. This that we're reading right now, I don't want this. This shouldn't, this shouldn't be here. That may seem mild coming from me. But in fact, it is a much more fundamental rejection of the material than I usually give. Normally, I accept what's on the page. I'm looking for a dumb thing in it. But rarely do I go to the level of passing negative judgment on what something is. But today, we're at that point. It can't be ignored. Let me present the evidence. First of all, we have the end of the Human Torch, Johnny Storm's character write-up. This is just the tail end of his background. And I'm going to start slow and just give you a quick quote from it. Quote, beginning on page 10. Johnny Storm is the younger brother of Sue Storm and the only son of Dr. Franklin and Mary Storm. Despite Mary's death in a car crash when Johnny was very young, he developed a love of automobiles and racing. He spent most of his time with mechanics and quickly learned to repair and rebuild cars. When he turned 16, his father gave him his first car. Shortly after, when Dr. Storm was imprisoned for murder, Sue told Johnny that their father had died. Okay. This is, like, this is acceptable. This, like, the prose is fine. All these things are true and maybe inform Johnny's character to a certain extent. But coming as it does amid an otherwise very hard-hitting four-pack of biographical material, Johnny's mother died in a car crash when he was very young. Nonetheless, he ironically spent most of his time on automobiles and racing. And when he turned 16, his father was imprisoned for murder, and his sister lied and told him that his dad was dead. In the company of those three, it's very odd to see the sentence, quote, when he turned 16, his father gave him his first car. Because this car does not return later in the background. That's, it's just an isolated fact. Just a random bit of trivia thrown in to break up three very weighty plot points. So this is a small example where, given that in the core books for this system, we already have a write-up for Johnny Storm, the Human Torch, with his powers and his background and his role-playing tips, and that we're buying another write-up of Johnny Storm. That's the, that's the monetary transaction here. Let me pay you money for Johnny Storm again in my investment in the face rip system. I think that the fact that Johnny's dad bought him his first car when he was 16 is, if this were a la carte, I would not buy that sentence. Let me put it that way. So that's a very small issue. Now blow that up to a much larger scale. In the middle of this page, we have the character write-up for Spider-Man. Spider-Man takes up the entire middle column and about half of the right one and a little less than half of the left one. So he's, he's coming in at almost two full columns here. So it's not a spoiler, really, to say that we are going to encounter Spider-Man before he's Spider-Man. There is a stat block for pre-Spider-Man Spider-Man here, when he was regular Peter Parker, and it's moderately useful. All of the physical stats are just typical, which is what you'd expect for a typical person. But pre-Spider-Man Peter Parker's psyche is also lower, which I guess probably represents having less confidence, less resolve. Okay, but that's like seven lines of an entire write-up of Spider-Man which otherwise has no additional material that is not in the core book. It is, it is reprinted. Bearing in mind that we have now purchased our third 
inaccurate copies of Vision, Scarlet Witch, and Moon Knight's character write-ups, selling us another copy of Spider-Man's write-up that takes up almost two-thirds of a page is just not defensible. And what's extra frustrating about it, to someone like me who's looking for the rationale here, I can accept most things if I can see the rationale. There actually is a difference in this stat block and the modern-day Spider-Man stat block, which is that this stat block does not have Spider-Man's spider tracers. Those were left out. Spider-Man with powers is only going to appear in one scene in this adventure. That scene is set at a specific moment in time. And I did check, and Spider-Man definitely did have his spider tracers at that time. So this was not cut because Spider-Man didn't have his spider tracers. It was cut, I guess, just for space. So in the event that you're trying to get your money's worth out of this book, and you've decided that you want to play the 1960s, like early Marvel version of superheroes, so you're going to use their write-ups from this book, rather than their write-ups from the core book that you also bought, so that you can play the 60s version, what you're going to find is that this version of Spider-Man is incomplete, so you'd be playing a more accurate 1960s Spider-Man if you played the first Spider-Man write-up that you bought. So, okay, Spider-Man should have been cut. We we could have had a little box with, like, nerd Peter Parker's 1960s stats. It would have been better, really, to put that in the chapter where it goes, where that character appears, rather than putting it up here in like 16 goddamn pages of character write-ups, where first of all, it's going to be a hassle to flip through it and find who you're looking for. And secondly, every time one of these characters shows up, you're going to have to be flipping back and forth between the relevant part of the book and this giant section to find them, when if they were on the page where they appear, in typically only one scene, everything would run a lot smoother. This, everything is wrong with this Spider-Man. There's no reason for him to be here. This is both too much and too little 1960s Spider-Man. But I guess you could argue that the author in the name of completeness, in the name of attention to detail, felt the need to articulate the 1960s stats of every character whom we are going to encounter in the 1960s. This brings us to Daredevil, the final entry on this page. Here's a description of Daredevil's known powers. Quote, Enhanced senses. Daredevil's senses of taste, hearing, and smell have been enhanced to the monstrous rank. Did you notice? One of the five goddamn senses is missing. How? There are only five. And this is Daredevil. One of them's not here today. Now, in in the author's defense, this is an error in the original write-up for Daredevil in the Advanced Judge's Guide. So on the one hand, the author didn't write this and is not personally responsible for this mistake. On the other hand, the fact that one of the five senses is missing from a character whose only significant power is his senses, not only in his first write-up, but also in the reprint of that write-up, is pretty egregious. More importantly, though, because, I mean, it goes on to talk about examples of how his heightened touch can help him. So if you know Daredevil at all, or even if you don't, you're going to figure it out. You know, the reader can be counted upon to understand that there are five human senses, and if you lose one of them, that leaves four. That can be left as an exercise to the reader. This is still an error, but not a consequential one. But But let's talk about that word consequential. Is anything in this section consequential? Anything in this, like, what, 15 or 16 pages of a 64 page book? Would there in fact be a significant loss from just cutting pretty much all of it. Most of this material already exists in the core books in substantially the same form. There might be tiny minor differences. They could have been noted in a sidebar in the appropriate section. Some characters are detailed here who are too minor to appear in the core books and only appear here in one scene. I think it's fun to have these old obscure characters. It's kind of fun to own them. If you had wanted to sell like a like a handbook, a supplement of just obscure 1960s Marvel shit that everybody's forgotten about, then by all means. But here... You know, just to spoil one of them, if you have one scene in your adventure where the fucking unicorn, ridiculously minor Marvel villain, the unicorn, is standing in the corner 
and somebody punches him, and it might be you, but more likely it's Spider-Man, maybe instead of writing up his whole stat block, you could just write a sentence that says, Unicorn is here. And you know, if I'm interested, I can run it down. That would be fine. You could have a real big, nice picture of all these characters so that we know who the fuck you're talking about if we are not devoted fans of unpopular 1960s supervillains. Plus, we could have the little bullet point list of the names of everyone who's here and still have that take up much less space than all these stat blocks. From the West Coast Avengers reprinted again, to the friendly NPCs who are almost identical to their modern-day versions, to these little errors from the original material, like Daredevil, to these little nuggets like that sentence from the Human Torch write-up where it's like, this doesn't offend me, but it's a sentence floating around in this book that no one is going to use. It's a sentence that isn't doing anything. An inconsequential detail. Just like Spider-Man's write-up here is inconsequential. If I use the one from the core book, no harm done. And when you add up all these little inconsequential errors and omissions and whole entries, they have a consequence. Namely, that we don't get to start talking about Kang stealing the origin stories of Earth's Mightiest Heroes for like another month of this podcast. In the meantime, we've just got to make our own fun with these perplexing inclusions and omissions. Like next time, when I correct the omission of one of the most fun things about 1960s Iron Man on MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. This has been MDC. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big megasode on the top-secret patrons-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Contact me however you want. I am Megadumbcast on Twitter, Gmail, Podbean, your favorite podcatcher, etc., etc. This episode's music, used under Creative Commons license, is Take Us to the Nearest Starbase by Astrometrics, whose work you can find at soundcloud.com slash astrometricsband.